You're listening to the Beaver Tales podcast, which features exclusive interviews with former Oregon State student athletes. We talk about what they did at OSU, what the transition was like away from college athletics, and what they're passionate about now. Here's a little taste of what's coming up on this episode. I think my husband could attest to there was many moments where I couldn't see that forest through the trees, but I do think it helped me tremendously go through some of that early things within my career of where I thought I should be someplace that I just wasn't yet. That's coming up on this episode. Now, I use this podcast to give free advertising to charities, so to hear about a great nonprofit you can support, stay tuned to the end of this episode. This is the Beaver Tales podcast with Josh Wharton, who has covered Oregon State athletics since 2013. We go back to the OSU volleyball team. For the first time in a little while, former Oregon State volleyball player Taylor Wentworth, formerly Taylor Studzinski, joins me today on the Beaver Tales podcast. Taylor was an OSU volleyball player in the mid-2000s, her senior year, 2006. She had an interesting arc where she came in as an outside hitter, suddenly changed to a setter at the very end of her career to fill in for an injured teammate. And so she learned a lot during that time period, and that's helped her in her career since then. And she's had a very successful career. You know, I've had a lot of people on this podcast who have gotten into coaching or a variety of different industries, but I haven't gotten that many business people just working in the corporate sector. I mean, some for sure, but Taylor Wentworth has been pretty successful working for Target, where she's been promoted a few times, bounced around from Portland to Seattle to Kansas City with her family. But wherever life has taken her, she's continued progressing in her career with Target, where she's worked for the last 13 years, currently as the district senior director. She also got married four years after her OSU career in 2010. She married a fellow former Oregon State student athlete, Norman Wentworth, who is on the men's rowing team. They have three kids now, live in West Lynn. So take a listen to former Oregon State volleyball player and native of Lockport, Illinois. Here's Taylor Wentworth. Taylor, thanks so much for coming on the podcast. I've had a little break of not too many volleyball players recently, so it'd be fun to chat. How are you doing today? I'm doing good. Thank you so much for having me. There's um, a lot going on and and family-wise and work-wise, birthday-wise. You had a kid at a birthday on Friday. How did you manage to make that fun for your now newly six-year-old? Yeah, well, so my daughter, she is six going on 16. (laughs) And what I love about her, she definitely gets some of her sass from me. So on Friday specifically, she told me I had to address her as the birthday girl all day long. Wow. So actually in one moment, I was trying to get all three kids and I said, guys, come on, we got to get going. And she goes, mommy, I want you to call me the birthday girl today. Um, So yes, we did all, you know, all sorts of fun things. We did a little scavenger hunt from them, of course, in this environment of COVID and, um, you know, social distancing, we tried to make it as memorable for them as possible, kids' birthday parties and, you know, their friends over. So we did fun things like a little scavenger hunt for her and hid all her six presents around the house so she could go find them and then just had our family, so grandparents and cousins over to help celebrate. So it was a really good weekend. You you had a very athletic family growing up. You've got three sisters, right? Or one of three sisters? Yep. Well, uh, so three sisters. Yep. Yeah. So I have an older sister who played volleyball at the University of Illinois, Chicago. Mm-hmm. And a younger sister who played softball at that same college. And then I had my baby sister played volleyball at Villanova. So very strong on the volleyball side of things. All of us are 5'11 or taller. So I'm sure that that contributed to that 
And then what we call the short one, which was my sister who's, who's five, nine, which is <laughs> much short in our family. Uh, she's a football player. Yeah. So do you notice a difference in the, the family dynamic growing up and how the sisters interact with each other to now your own kids? And sure, yeah. you may, may parent them similarly <laughs> or differently, but like, I bet it's at least a little different. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, um, I would say growing up a competitive family and I would say that stemmed for sure from my dad. Uh, I think to this day is still a very, um, competitive man. I mean, the other day we were at a friend's house trying to toss a, a baseball to hit a rock and my dad couldn't resist. He had to be a part of the competition. So I'd say just in general, it, it was a very competitive family we were always playing athletics and I would say marrying somebody who is also competitive and also played sports his whole life. We definitely see that rearing its ugly head in the family dynamic. So who can get their jammies on the fastest and who can do this? Uh, there's a lot of racing and a lot of competing. And, but honestly, I loved the competition growing up. I, um, that is just, I have so many good memories of that being a part of my everyday. And so, to, I think, similarly raising my kids like that and having them know what it is like to lose graciously. Um, There's certain, my oldest probably doesn't lose very graciously, but teaching him what that looks like and, uh, and how that can benefit you just as you keep going on in your life. You mentioned your three sisters. So all four of you played D1 sports. The, the connections yes. don't end there. You had two cousins who played volleyball at Loyola, an uncle who ran track at Eastern Kentucky. I mean, your family yes. reunions must be crazy. <laughs> well, again, I think, um, you know, we were, uh, my mom turned 60 last year and me and the two of the cousins that played volleyball at Loyola, um, we were just having fun peppering in the backyard. Uh, just again, I think the competition, not only within the six, you know, my parents and my sisters, but really extended itself outside to my cousins too. I think most of my cousins all played high school sports as well. Not all of them went on to play college, but yeah, it, um, like I said, the, <laughs> the, the need to win and compete against each other is very strong, whether it's playing sports or even just card games or whatever it is in my family. Speaking of family and not just the family you grew up with, but your, your now family, you, you married a fellow Oregon State student athlete. How did, yeah. how did you first meet Norman? Was it during your time at OSU? How did yes. you first meet? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I remember it like it was yesterday. So <laughs> as the story goes, Norman, we were both business college majors too. So he was a rower, a couple years older than me. But um, the first time I remember meeting Norman, I was actually headed to spring practice. So early morning practice outside of Gill. The men's rowing team was getting ready to go on a trip, and so they were all dressed up in shirts and ties. And I was in a sweat, you know, sweatpants suit, bun on top of my head, no makeup. And I just remember this handsome rower said good morning to me. And I, I remember I went down to the locker room and I was like, oh my gosh, who is that cute guy? Um, he just said good morning to me. I don't know who he is. And so I think that kind of started me paying attention to who this tall, handsome rower was. And, um, and yeah, and then from there, just because of mutual friends, he invited me to go play sand volleyball with him over at Chintimity Apartments. There's those sand courts over there. And I remember he invited me and my teammate to go play with them. And because there was a lot of competition and trash talking, apparently that sparked something. And then we started dating and have been together ever since. So 15 years now, um, and I have been together, but 
yeah, just, you know, meeting in Corvallis, dating in Corvallis, that's where we fell in love. It definitely holds a very special place in our hearts. And again, if it not were, if it were for those athletics, uh, we would not have met. Did he share his own side? Like, I walked by this girl and I built up the courage to say good morning. <laughs> well, he does have his own perspective. And so apparently he, him and one of his teammates were like, oh, who's that volleyball player? And I guess looked up on the website to find out who I was. And then I guess he had tried to say hi to me a couple of times, one up in the student athlete study hall room. I guess he sat next to me and tried to talk to me, but I didn't respond. And I said, well, I probably just didn't think you were talking to me. I didn't know you. Um, and then he said he tried to say hi to me another time. So he claims he tried to say hi to me a couple times before that. I don't remember. Um, and so that's his perspective. And so it was that time outside of Gil is the first time that I heard him say hi to me and acknowledge him back. Yeah. So I think the moral of the story is one, be persistent, and two, wear a shirt and tie, and that helps. And then I'll pay attention to apparently. <laughs> uh, what I said, my, what I told him, I go, it's probably because I just didn't think you were talking to me. And so I said, so I, I would view it more as a, you know, self-comments. I didn't think you were talking to me. Why would I say hi? I thought you were talking to someone else. So that's, that's my side of the story, Josh. Okay. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> One last thing about your time at Oregon State before we'll talk about post-OSU life. Yeah. Uh, you had a pretty fun career, came in as an outside hitter, suddenly went to setter for a while near the yeah. end, wild yeah. time. What's a, a favorite memory either of that season of learning again to play setter or something else in volleyball or outside of volleyball, kind of a favorite memory that you daydream about from time to time? Yeah, you know, I think um... – I mean, I two things. I think, you know, that senior year season was something, what I would say I probably saw the most growth on. And, you know, so to your point, I, um, you know, had a bench role playing, you know, position on that, on that team for my freshman, sophomore, junior year. And even that senior year was at time I didn't travel to one of the road games. And then all of a sudden an injury happens and I'm called to play in a role. I haven't played since I was 17. So I, you know, that is something on a, you know, a reflective note, I learned a ton, just a ton that I could look back on about um, what it means to be a team player, to be ready at a moment's notice, to kind of go in and make the best out of situations and have a good attitude and control what you can. And so that, like I said, that senior season for sure has a ton of great memories, a ton of great lessons. Um, but I would be remiss if I didn't talk about, we got to go a really cool opportunity to go to Europe when I was between my, oh goodness, was that my sophomore, the summer of my sophomore year? And, you know, having never been out of the country like that before, playing against teams all throughout Eastern Europe, I never would have probably wanted to go to Eastern Europe had it not been for that experience. And those are the kind of things that, again, not playing college sports, I might not have gotten the chance to go do and explore that part of the country. And, you know, get a feel for what it is to be outside your comfort zone and in an area that doesn't have the food you're used to eating and speaks the language you're used to speaking. So um, my whole time is filled with amazing memories, but those, I continue to come back to those moments and, you know, fondly look upon those for years to come. In that time where you learned a lot of life lessons that helped you in volleyball, yes. but just were, you know, even out beyond volleyball, superseded yeah. athletics, the yeah. ability to, to be ready at any time, the work ethic, the, the attitude. Is there a particular story you can think of where that served you well in your career, in your work life or family life, where you may not have been as prepared had oh, you not yeah. had that experience at OSU? 
Oh yeah. I mean, I, I think that athletics in general has helped me tremendously in my career, but you know, I would say as I look back, cause you know, I've been with the same company now and have been on the same journey for the past 14 years. And there has been some times where I didn't love my boss. Right. Just, and I was going through moments where I also didn't enjoy being on the team that I was a part of and then had my own insecurities about should I be promoting to the next position? And so I remember a lot this when I was still in my twenties and you have all that, Oh, I think I should be here. And I think I should have gotten promoted, but I, Oh, my boss just doesn't really see this. And, um, you know, I think because of the lessons that I learned through that, I was able to really check myself <laughs> and look it as a way of, you know, you are here to play a role. And if you do what you know you need to do to, you know, if we relate back to athletics to stay in shape, to keep your skills sharp, to stay mentally tough in work, same thing to, you know, build great team connections, to have good strategies, to deliver on the results, the success will come. And I, again, have had to, I applied that in my early twenties, again, through lessons that I just learned through playing college volleyball and having a career that didn't necessarily go the way I would have liked it to go. And I didn't get to be that star player and have, you know, the records that of course, every student athlete dreams of, I had to play a very different role and a very humbling role. And I think that humility put me on a better path to then start my career and to go through moments where I didn't get to feel like the star leader or um, future prospect for that next role. And again, I 100% attribute that to what I had to go through in college. Whether or not I knew it at the time that that preparing me for, because I think my husband could attest to, there was many moments where I couldn't see that forest through the trees, but I do think it helped me tremendously go through some of that early things within my career of where I thought I should be someplace that I just wasn't yet. Since you've bounced around a lot with Target from Portland to Kansas City, Seattle to Portland now where you're living in West Lynn and some promotions along the way, uh, how would you summarize your time at Target, the things you've been able to do and the things you've learned? Yeah, I love working for the company I do, doing what I get to do. I think to, um, you know, summarize kind of my experience and you know, I'm in a people business, right? So I lead teams, I develop teams to deliver results. And um, I have gotten a, a tremendous opportunity to be invested in as a leader, to um, look at myself just as a person and how that translates to how I build connections and, and lead teams, um, to be able to apply my life lessons as a 20-year-old, an insecure 20-year-old, and, um, and that, and now be able to teach that to newer leaders that you know work for me or um or that i get to work with and so um again my career great not without its ups and downs but i think the growth that i've experienced as a human being through that time i cannot place a value on that uh i also can't you know i I owe a ton to just being a student athlete my whole life and what that has done to prepare me for a working career outside. Again, what it's like to win as a team, to lose as a team, to put in the hours that it takes to 
to win. And again, those days where you feel like I've been working all day, um, you know, I, that comes with the work ethic that got instilled upon me just being an athlete my whole life. And so I, yeah, I'd say to summarize that my career with Target has been, um, has been great. I've learned a ton, been able to grow a ton. And I, I feel pretty lucky to have found a company that invests in its people. Since you've spent so much time there and in the meanwhile, had three kids, that's no small, no small effort to to do that. Well, was there a time, especially after your second or third kid where Norman had to take time off work or be a stay at home dad, or you had to adjust your career? How did, how did you manage that? Yeah, I, um, yeah, I had, we, so we had three kids in four years and moved three times during that time. So I tease and I say, if you ever want to put your marriage through a stress test, (laughs) um, but no, so, um, I would say here's what's cool about both of the companies Norman and I work for is great paid leave times. Um, I was able to take anywhere from three to four months off with my babies every time that I had them and, um, and not, and also the great thing is, is like, I never felt that I had to compromise being a mom or being a leader. And so as we had kids and went through that transition, we were really lucky to find great daycares, um, to have some flexibility within our work to do pickups and drop drop offs. I mean, even to this day, I drop off my kids every morning and that's important to me as well as being home for dinner at a certain time. And so I think it's really cool that uh, we both found companies that allow us to have that flexibility. So we, our kids have been in daycare since three months old, all of them. And um, cause we've ne- haven't necessarily lived by family of this journey either. And had um, that, what is a wonderful benefit of having your family be able to watch your children, but we've been both able to continue to work and grow our careers and be able to blend what it is also having a family at the same time. What would your advice be to someone who's let's say early on in their career, they're in their first or second job, or, or let's say even 20 years from now when your kids are in their mid twenties and you're giving them advice on where they're going to be. That's a long ways down the road. That's, yeah, that's huh? way, totally. way away. Uh, maybe, but what, they'll listen, maybe they'll listen to me by then. When I, I hope so. I hope so. They'll, they'll listen back to this one from 2020 yeah. and, and yeah. they'll hear your advice. What would you tell them since you've got, you know, the promotions you've been through and the job yeah. experience, I'm sure early on, you didn't know how, where you'd get or how easy it would be. So what, what would be your advice? Yeah, I would say, um, you know, if you want to continue to grow your career, um, you know, I would say I've gotten to where I'm at because I've just been open to experiences and, uh, you know, listening to kind of, if this is something that you want, how do you be courageous enough to say, Hey, this is what I want. So you can get the feedback and the experience and the direction that will help you get there. Because I could say that comfortably, like, yes, I want this. Yes, I want this. And then was also okay with maybe saying, hey, not now. You need to show this. Uh, That has allowed me to get to this point because I was able to be open to that. That, hey, you need to show that you can, you know, develop talent better. You need to be shown that you can deliver on these results better. Okay, perfect. This is what I'm going to do and I'm going to work on it. And that, I think, takes a lot of courage and not everybody is always prepared to hear what somebody is going to tell them. Uh, even if it means, no, I, you're not ready for that yet. And so I for sure tell my kids that, um, I would also say like, I'm just a big proponent and I, t- I probably tell this more to women than I do anything is I never saw it one or the other. I always saw both. I never felt like I had to give up the career in order to be a great mom. And, um, I think 
parent guilt is a real thing and uh, you you're going to have it no matter what you're going to have it if you stay at home with your kids you're going to have it if you work and so i i tell women young women all the time is don't ever feel like you have to compromise what you want um you can have both you need to number one find a partner that's also down for what you want to do and so i i'm very lucky to have norman who is open for me wanting to go about my career and make these moves and then also balance what is having three children because he is also if not does more um with our family and so you got to find that person that's also down for this ride um because if you don't that is going to make it a little bit tougher uh not to say you can't so i just i never saw it as one or the other uh if you want it both you can have it both there's going to come with compromises but start with finding that right person that also wants to make that happen that's some great thoughts, and I can tell you would uh, know a lot about that area through the the years of experience you've had, both in work and and being a mom. And so uh, that that definitely means a lot. One last thing, just as a fun question to end up, I was going to ask this earlier, but but it's a good one to end on, just just to end with a lighter note. Uh, okay. Wentworth is a great last name, but to lose Studzinski, that's a <laughs> tremendous last name. That must have been hard to give up. Well, you know, it's funny because my sisters are all married. And all three of them didn't give it up. I'm actually the only sister that did, um, which is funny because I don't know why I didn't like it as much as the, I, I just didn't like spelling it. <laughs> I, anytime somebody would ask my last name, then I'd have to spell it. And I could not have been more excited to become a Wentworth and uh, to never have to spell my last name again feels pretty nice. <laughs> Because you'd think there'd be like a Y in there, but there's no Ys. It's just all no, Is. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I think all my sister's nicknames were studs, but I'm the <laughs> only one that never got that nickname. So I like I never had any teammates that called me that, but my sisters all did. So it's also kind of funny. Maybe it's because they welcomed that last name a little bit more with open arms where I just could not wait. I was like, I want to marry a man that's got a simple last name. I don't have to spell <laughs> Well, I hope they don't kick you out of the Studzinski family. I know, that's true. <laughs> my, my sisters can carry on that. Yeah. And that's fine, yeah. Well, thanks so much for coming on the podcast, Taylor. It's been fun to talk about OSU volleyball and a lot of life lessons since then. So thanks for talking. Absolutely. Well, thanks for having me, Josh. I appreciate it. Really impressive to hear from Taylor Wentworth, who's been quite successful in her career, not to mention all the work put into her family. So a very big dichotomy in her life, and she seems to be excelling in both areas and fun to catch up about her time at OSU as well. Also, every episode I feature a different charity for free, and the one I'm featuring today is Children's Garden. If you donate there, your money goes directly to a home in the Philippines that helps kids who are living on the street. They give them a home education. They oftentimes live at this home for a decade or, or at least several years. I know the people who run this organization and it's really great. So check out the link in the description and learn more about a charity that uh, is well worth a couple extra dollars if you can spare it. Thanks so much for tuning in to the Beaver Tales podcast. I hope you enjoy listening to these stories about former Oregon State student athletes. If you get a chance, please text a friend about this podcast, rate it on Apple or Spotify, wherever you're listening, leave a review. That would be much appreciated. Until next time, everybody, I've been your host, Josh Warden. Good night and go Bees. <laughs>